God. Today on What's the Word, I have Brother Tracy Harris. Give it up in the comments. Put some fire in the comments. Let us know where you're watching from. Like, <clears> subscribe, <throat> uh, put some comments in there. Hit the notification bell. And uh, we are so glad to have you today. Hallelujah. So, amen. <laughs> Absolute joy to be here, Pastor. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hello, everybody. I'm telling you something good is going yeah. to happen to yeah. you. Word will not return void. Amen. Amen. So we'll be over here on this one right there for the most part, unless it goes in, just so you know. But they, uh, hey, everybody, let us know where you're watching from. Hannah says she's watching from Locust. Greg from Charlotte. And do, let's see, Joni. I see Joni. Deb Aldridge, you can. She said you can go and stand in a mini uh, robot and walk around at at the Concord Mills. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if Hannah, you know, is from Locust. I, I'm still, I still got that on me. You know, I'm wondering if there's like an avatar, like if she's riding a locust, or what's the deal here? Glory to God, I'm gonna spin around so Amen. I can see Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Marilyn, watching from Albemarle, she's in the she's in the production room. Uh, Nicole is at work. She goes, yay, fire hearts. Kelly Berardi from Riverview, Florida. Grayson says, Pastor Tracy. Miss Nicole, I need yeah. to ask Miss Nicole, yeah. would she forward the link to this program to my wife? Oh, yeah. Because she yeah. doesn't have it. That way she could log she on can, and she gets a yep. moment. That'd be great. She will do it. She will do it. Johnny's at High Rock Lake. Grayson says, watching from Monroe, soon to be Locust. Well, glory to God. <laughs> and then uh, my mom is in Fayetteville there. Miss Deb says, sure can. Apparently, there are robots there that you can walk around in. George says he's at work. Hello, everybody. We just praise God for you. It's going to be a great That's day. Great. So amen. Pastor Zach's over here. We've got people all in the studio and in the production room, and we just welcome you today. It's going to be awesome. And uh, Nicole said, link is sent. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Link is sent. So Love you. So glad to Love have you, too, you here. It's been Praise a great God. week at Kickstart, hasn't it? Absolutely. So. It's been phenomenal. Amen. And uh, the miracle working power has been strong. And yeah. The Lord has been talking to us about any number of things. We'll cover yeah. some things with my heart today. So, Amen. You know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Yeah. It's going to be tremendous. Anybody watching, and I believe it'll be something that we can take. And like the other link of the yes. Lunch Plus and what you've done with the, the QR codes yeah. and all of that. Yeah. I think it'll be something that'll change lives. Amen. That's it's beautiful, you know, the Lord will give us wisdom. He'll show us what to do. Right. In him is all the wisdom we ever need. Right. And we just, in him, we live and move and have, have our, our being. being. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love just, you know, fellowshipping in him. You know, Absolutely. a couple of years ago, I was uh, fasting and praying. I went, I went out of town and uh, was sitting there. And the Lord said, I knew exactly what he meant when he spoke to me this. He said, I want you to do business differently. And what he meant was, before you even jump into work, before you jump into business, uh, spend time with me. And not just not just preaching business, but right. anything I'm doing, because Absolutely. in him we live and move and have, have our, our being. Yeah. So Absolutely. And so I've, I've started to get that going better and better. I want to get better at it. And, uh, you know, we form habits of, of running through life, and we just go do stuff. And... And that's what he was saying. He said, just everything, let it originate with me and not just the day, but as I'm going in, you know, if I'm sitting there crunching numbers or doing, writing some code or doing some, some kind of work just to relate to other things that people may do is take time to make sure that you're in fellowship right. as you do it because in right. him, he'll show you that wisdom. And 
Uh, we had a testimony come in last night after the service. Okay. I, I sent to you. You did? Yeah. You did. A lady actually has had Parkinson's. You prayed for her, and I mean the power of God hit her and knocked, <laughs> knocked her back in the seat. And um, she told me last night, she said she hadn't taken any medication all day long. She's had no symptoms of that at all. Glory and, to God. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Glory to God. Praise God. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's really interesting you should bring that up because, and I say this for a reason, because as I came into this week, there were some things that came in my, alive in my heart. I became very clear. And for those of you that have been a part of the week, um, Monday night, we begin to talk about shaking as a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Yeah. And uh, the Lord told me that the body of Christ is not really processing this moment, that really he has done for them. Right. Because they have so little revelation of what's taking place. Right. They're looking at the natural in the earth. <clears throat> and you take this particular woman uh, with that has battled Parkinson's. Now, I know that this is such a minuscule uh, statement from a medical standpoint right. of a of a debilitating disease right. and a great miracle of the recreation of her body. But most people know Parkinson's from the standpoint of uncontrollable shaking. Yes, yeah. And so you can see that there, there really are two kinds of shaking. Right, yeah. And what you see really powerfully is what came on her arrested the shaking. Yeah, <laughs> the wrong shaking. You yeah. see, it was an unshakable authority. Yeah. And and people really need to get a revelation, I believe, of, and, and it's really depicted in the Word. In fact, the Lord visited me. I say visited me. He talked to me this morning about it. And when I told you, it seems right, uh, we were going to cut TV day to day and whatever, and you gave me the open option. And I knew by the Spirit yeah. it was right to be on the program. Amen. Because of what the Spirit of God is doing in this weekend kickstart. Yeah. But he's imparting in, and if you see me looking around, I want you to know I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you. <laughs> but all around us, there's movement in the spirit, and all around you, there's supernatural things going on, and there are indeed people in the studio, so I'm not ignorant to that, and I will follow the camera and the tally lights, and they can probably get me to go bing, 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 bing. But <laughs> uh, the bottom line is, is that the Lord wants to say some things today. Yeah. yeah. And he wants to use this actually for the future. He wants to get it on different platforms where yeah. more than just the, the this church, but the church can grab a hold of it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some things today about the leadership of the Holy Ghost. and um, But what's on your heart about what I've just said about that shaking aspect of, of just that whole Parkinson situation? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think that, I think it's one, of, it's one of those things where I agree with you in what you said that I think that the church has not seen what's actually happening right now. Right, I absolutely. think that, I think it's been, as a whole, not everybody, right. but as a whole, it's been misinterpreted as to what's actually happening. Of course, you've been talking about that all week, and you and I are in complete agreement on that. I, I really see the Word of God in manifestation shaking things up so that we can be aligned and in position. Um, it kind of like, seems like I remember an old game. I don't remember the exact one. But it would shake, and all, oh, I've seen it in manufacturing plants, you know, oh, yeah. where they'll shake, and all the pieces that are on there that yeah. are loose will fall into slots, yeah. so then they can pack them, right? Absolutely. And they will pack them, and that was it. So to get this produce and get this production right. out, there's this shaking going on that's putting the pieces in place Absolutely. so that we can send the yeah. product out the door. God has a heavenly product 
but he needs us to yield to his shaking mm -hmm. and come against right. that false shaking of the devil. Yeah, the right. devil won't, you know, going into this week, we had so many different attacks, you know, happening. Yeah. I mean, everywhere. That was a false shaking yeah. to try and get us. Counterattack. Yeah, to oh, not uh, receive. Counterfeit. Yeah, it, yeah, counterfeit. And it, uh, it was trying to get us to not pay attention to the real shaking that needed to happen at our spiritual core, you know, yeah, right. we needed to we need to say no. I recognize this is not. We need discernment. Right. We need some good discernment, which of course, by the Holy Ghost, and that that's been part of the issue. And we've been talking about it some is we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and lead us into all things. Absolutely, more than ever before. And I think for people that have just had a little bit of discernment. They've been feeling, the Lord's drawing me to something right now. He's raising this Absolutely. body of Christ up, and he's, re, he's shaking out, shaking the things off that don't need to be there. There's things that can't be shaken. Things right. are getting into place so that this body can really, truly become the glorious church. Well, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, in fact, uh, as we look at this, just a, a comment to be made here while people follow our sharing in, in television is this. Is the scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter, uh, I'm looking here, I don't know, but we'll figure it Red, out. Yeah, she's got me here now. Uh, or they did. There, there we go. go. <laughs> oh, I'm following the green light, not the yeah. red light. Red light says stop to me. Praise the Lord. The higher, higher. Or live, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> at any rate. Um, <laughs> I was like, he's not looking at the right one. No, there it's is. because now I'm red. following the, yeah. You I'm were not, going after I'm used, the green I'm used one. to the tally light, yeah, but yeah. I'm following the green light because green is go to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, no, in, in all seriousness, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 says very clearly, the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword yes. to the dividing asunder of yes. the soul and the spirit Yes, and is a discerner. Yeah. The biggest problem with most people not being able to see clearly and understand the difference between the real and the counterfeit is they don't have a basis of discernment. Yes. They're trying to figure it out in their soul. That's right. That's right. Instead, instead of letting the Word of God discern what the real is. Yes. Yep. The Word of God, and that's what we're going to look at today, defines the difference. Yeah. Amen. And so if you go to the book on anything you need revelation on, if you will define every circumstance, every symptom, every decision, and every world event by the way the Word communicates it, yeah. then you'll have immediate discernment on God's thoughts and what God says That's about right. Because yes, this is God's thoughts and what God says about it. Yes, this, sir. Is, this is not, and, and that's what the Lord said to me when He visited me on No More Curse. He said, many of my people are walking around calling normal yes. what I call a curse. Yeah. And it's because the body of Christ has little to no revelation of what a curse is in God's sight. Yes. And they think in the sovereignty that all of this is God's doing. Yes. Yes. And they need to know the difference between what God is initiating and what the devil's initiating. That's right. Because if they think God's doing it all and the devil's doing something, but they think, well, I'm supposed to sit back and take it because it's God's will, they'll never yeah. resist the devil Yes. because they don't know it's the devil that's the source of it. That's correct. So yeah. if they're taught that everything has this high purpose in God and that I'm supposed to just put up with it, yield to it, 
uh, and it's a false demonic doctrine of sovereignty. That's right. It's not a biblical doctrine of sovereignty. God, uh, yes. God is sovereign. Don't get me wrong. I'm telling you, there's actually the people that believe in sovereignty don't actually believe that God is sovereign as strongly as I do. <laughs> yes, please explain. Because <laughs> they're saying God is sovereign, so I can do nothing about it, and therefore that that you know we're leaving it all up to God, <clears throat> and and so consequently. Everything has this high, great purpose. And Paul talks about in Galatians 3 to the church, he said, if you've suffered so many things in vain, that means not all suffering has a purpose. Some of it's in vain. Some of it's yeah. empty. Some of it's worthless. Yeah. Not all suffering came from God. There's suffering for and then there's suffering with. And I don't need to get into all that, but what we really need to deal with is I absolutely believe yeah. that the sovereign God who cannot change and will not lie, in his sovereignty made a choice Yes, to bind himself to his word and in blood covenant. That's right. That's right. So now that blood covenant and the authority he granted me and the promises he made to me, that's what's sovereign. Yes. <laughs> so now the word's sovereign. <laughs> yes. You see that? Because yes. God, who cannot lie bound himself with a blood-sworn oath yes. to this book to me. Yeah. I'm the seed of Abraham. So now, by his stripes I was healed. That's sovereign. That's right. Sickness and disease, that's a temporary condition. Yes. You see that? So, <laughs> so yeah. I actually believe in the sovereignty of God and the ability of God to remove what's shakable. Yes. So <laughs> sickness is shakable. It comes from another kingdom, that's another right. world, temporary system. Everything you see is temporary. Yes, yeah. Well, then that means, yeah, I, the Lord's telling Subject me to do something change, here. Yeah, I, we'll come back to the shaking yeah. in a minute. Let's look at something. Okay. Uh, th this really is <laughs> something I believe the Holy Spirit is helping us to know, or at least when people hear it, they have a choice to believe it, Yes. to believe the Bible. And it's Romans chapter 8. And I want to show you something that is, oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> and uh, I thank God for it. But there's been so much interpretation of these scriptures, misinterpretation, I mean, of these scriptures because they're not put in context. I'm going to start basically with verse 26. Okay. And here's what it says, likewise. And obviously there's so much said above this. Yes, sir. Right? And then down below it, it says, once we get a revelation of this, by verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? Once I get a revelation of these things, if God be for me. Yes. So the whole revelation of everything he's saying is God's for me. Yes, yes. God's not against me, he's for me. And if God be for yes. me, who could be against me? Yes. The very next verse says this, and we'll come right back to verse 26, but the very next verse in verse 32 says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely with him also freely give us everything else? So we see that, you know, John Osteen used to say, if God's going to give you heaven's diamond, he's not going to refuse the box to carry it around in. Yes. You need to understand that if he gave you Jesus, that Everything That's else he good. decided to give you came when Jesus came. When you got Jesus, you got everything God has. You, <laughs> That's right. He didn't withhold anything. That's but, right. and, and God so loved the world that he gave. So all of this is a love gift. Yes. And what we see then is this was a revelation that God is for us. 
Now, that's what this entirety of this teaching is about, is to prove that God cannot change. He is sovereign. He will not lie. He's made a blood covenant, an everlasting covenant, and he has proven he is for us even when yes. we can't do our part. Yeah. When he died on the cross, we couldn't do our part to break ourselves free, so Jesus came as God in a man, yeah. and God and man came together on a tree, and he said, I swear by myself, if you, even if you can't do your part, because I'm in blood covenant yes. with you, I'll do both your part and my part. Yes. Because if I don't bring this to pass, I will have lied. And if I lie, I'll cease to be God. So yeah. Yeah. this yeah. is backed by an eternal covenant. Yes. Yes. So people that misunderstand the Bible and don't know the Bible and have no idea of believer's authority that he's delegated in his sovereignty, he delegated authority to man. That was always his plan. Yes. They, they're going to misinterpret this because they're seeing it through the funnel of religious tradition, which has no power. But if we back up to verse 26, it says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth. This is a key phrase right here. Yes. I'm going to make a, a direct line of communication between this and the two verses down. Helpeth our infirmities. Now, in the Greek, that word is soon anti-lambano. Now, soon means together. Anti is against. So anti yes. is against. Lambano means to take. It literally means the Spirit, the Spirit itself, well, actually the Spirit Himself. And he's talking about the Spirit that dwells in us, that raised Jesus from the dead, will quicken our mortal body. That same Spirit that raised Him from the dead is going to take hold of my mortal body, take hold together yes. with me against my infirmity. Yeah, yeah. So God now, right now, is working with you against yeah. Yeah. any area of weakness in your life. Yes. Infirm means it's not firm. See, God's the confirmer. Yes. He makes things more firm. Yeah. He's not the infirmer. When you get around God, you can't get weaker. <laughs> yes. Because there's no weakness in him. That's right. <laughs> and he makes the weak strong. Yeah, that's so right. what we're seeing here then is he's saying that he takes hold with us, God's spirit who knows the mind and will of the Father. The Bible says very clearly, he's about to tell us he knows the mind of the Father and the will of the Father for all the saints. So he's about to make intercession, intervening to bring the will of God to pass for my life. Yes. So he's taking hold together with me against my infirmity, which yes. must mean that infirmity that's on me is not God's will for my life. Yes. Because the Spirit of God can't get outside the will of God. Right. He's come to do the will of God, and he's taking hold with me to move that infirmity, that weakness off of me, so that weakness can't be God's sovereignty wanting me to have it because the Spirit of God is against it. Yes. He can't come against himself. He can't come against himself, yeah. and a kingdom divided against itself will not That's stand. right. So you see here clearly, he says, he takes hold together, helpeth our infirmities, for we know what we should pray for as we, we know, excuse me, know not. What we should pray for as we ought, right? But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, he has a language which is above and far and away beyond our, our ability to articulate because our mind is already, he's telling us our mind is infirm. That our mind, that our, specifically he's saying your knowledge is infirm. Right. Specifically he's saying you don't know. And when you don't know, the Holy Ghost is going to take help, take hold with you to make you to know what's from God and what's not from him. Yes. Because that way, what's not from him, you can resist it, and he'll take hold together with you against it and evict it. Yes. So this is what he's saying here. And, and if, so if people think everything's from God. Right. And they don't know some of it's from the enemy. And God didn't send it. Yes. 
then they're going to think that what this scripture says in verse 28, we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them who are called, the called according to his purpose. Right. People have lifted that out of context. That's right. And they have said that everything that happens to me, God's working his will in it. That's right. not what this says. That's right. Evidently, his, the infirmity cannot be God's will. That's right. So the infirmity must not be working for me, and it must not be working God's will in my life because the Holy Spirit came on me to remove it. Yes. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that the infirmity can't be teaching me something. That's right. The infirmity can't be God's instruction or even his chastisement or even his direction in my life. Right, right. Satan is a liar. There's no truth in him. Right. And yet God wants me to know the truth. Yes. So how can God send a liar to perfect me in the truth? No. Satan's not on a leash. He's not against him. He's yeah. not God's errand boy. Yes. So there's just no possible way that God, God's smarter than this. He's not going to send a <laughs> fox to guard the hen house. Right. <laughs> Isn't that right? He's not right. going to send a dog, a hungry dog, to guard the meat. Yes. No way. He's That's a thief. Right. God is, glory to God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strong in here. And, yeah. I, and I know I'm stirring up some things. you got some things coming up in you. So, And I know it's lunch plus, and so, you know, you need to get some of that plus in there. But glory to God. Well, I, I was just thinking the Holy Spirit is the teacher, not sickness. Well, it's very clear in Scripture. <laughs> well, it's extremely clear. Yeah, clear yeah. in Scripture that 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 the experience is not the teacher. That's right. In fact, there's a scripture I love in the Psalms uh, that just I mean, there's two scriptures: one Old Testament, one New. Why don't we go to an Old Testament verse here? And uh, I think it'll be a blessing. <clears throat> Glory be to God. And it's Psalm ninety-four, twelve. Now you want to know how God chastens. He tells you right here in his word. That's, now, that's Amen. what I'm talking about, about the word being the discerner. Yes. God, God is not a child abuser. That's right. So what that means is he doesn't take your hand and stick it in the fire and burn it nearly to a nub and say, now, see, I told you, boy, don't touch the fire to burn it. <laughs> right. We right. put that man in jail. If we've got enough that's sense right. being evil to put that man in jail for abusing his child like that, yeah. and yet we're saying God's going around killing folks early, breaking their arm to teach them something, giving them a car wreck so they can learn something. Yeah. No, I'm not serving a God like that. No. My father is a good father. He yeah. is not a child abuser. Yeah. He teaches right. me the same way he expects me to teach my children. Yes. With yeah. words and by example. And without, and connecting that to where we just came from in Romans 8, without actually, when we say, well, all things are working together for good, and we don't <clears throat> identify yeah. who was the source of it. Right. We're now agreeing with God Absolutely. being a child abuser. And, and that's the issue, that right there, because we can just make a statement, and it sounds good, it sounds spiritual, yeah. but it is not of the word, and it's no. not of truth. And people will die because of that thinking well, that's of why people men are destroyed. Free. Yeah. The truth yeah. makes them free. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the truth. The truth can't make, you, no one can be made free by truth they don't know. Yes. Scripture says, my, peers, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Now, we'll read Psalm 94, 12 in a second because we're headed right at it. Yeah. But the scripture in Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Yeah. It says in 1 Peter 3 and other places, God's not willing that any should perish. Right. Now, you put those two scriptures together, 
That's a covenant guarantee that, he'll that he's going to get the knowledge yes. to you that you need. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't want you to perish, and you're going to perish without this knowledge. So God has blood covenant guaranteed that yeah. we have access to the knowledge necessary, the yes. wisdom necessary to come out of the situation and be perfect and entire and lacking. Yes. Yeah. God is not withholding his will. That's He's right. not in the corner of the universe somewhere winding up the clock like the old deist said, you right. know, letting it wind down to, no, no. The law, the first law of, thermo, uh, of, of thermal uh, nuclear dynamics or, you know, thermonuclear dynamics is the whole world's in a state of, of destruction, of decay. Yeah. Well, that happened in the garden. Right. <laughs> I mean, that right. began, once, once the law of sin and death came in, everything began to, to un, un, uncork like a $2 yes. watch. And that, and it brings springs went everywhere, and the earth began to groan, and things changed, and plants grew thorns, and lions started eating stuff, and and man now's got to be clothed because he doesn't have the glory for a clothing, and he's and he's planting right. seeds, and he's getting thorns, and he's sweating by his brow, and all of that was never God's intention. Now women have pain when they have children. Oh, that's the curse. That's right. That's right. And God didn't create man; He created man to live in a garden, which is why stress kills people. We weren't yes. created to live outside that garden, which is why we got to operate in peace. Yes. And do what you said at the start of the program, originate our day with him. Yes. You know, I heard this phrase in my spirit while you were saying that statement about starting our day with God, and I heard the Lord say, too many people are trying to live for me, and they're refusing yes. to live from me. Yes, that's a great statement. So that's the bottom line. You know, yeah. you, God is not asking you to live for him. He's asking you to live from him. That's right. He is your life yes. <laughs> and length of days. But as we, as we look at, at these things, we see very clearly then that the chastening of the Lord, if God, if God wanted to destroy man for sin, he missed a marvelous opportunity <laughs> yeah. 6,000 years ago yes. in the garden. Yes. Because all he had to do was wipe out the first two and we yeah. wouldn't be here. That's right. Yeah. So the fact that he, yeah. he killed an animal and shed blood <laughs> and yeah. saved him indicated he didn't want to destroy him. That's he right. wanted to restore That's him. Right. Yeah. You can't break something bad enough God won't fix it. Yeah. But the earth is in such a state of repair yeah. that, that it's unfixable, yeah. which is why it's going to be melted with a fervent heat. Yeah. And that's why we've got to change fathers. But that's yeah. a whole other kind of well, topic. Well, we, we, we mix sin in that. We mix yeah. leaven in the dough of the earth, and it oh, needs absolutely. to be fixed. It's, yeah. That needs completely to be Completely recreated. Well, yeah, it's got to be completely re yeah. recreated. And the other thing, of course, is this knowledge we were talking about. This revelation knowledge has to come. Yeah. Well, the only pure knowledge you're going to get is Isaiah 55 says, like the snow comes down from heaven and the rain from heaven, so shall my word be. Yeah. You're right? And so my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So the word contains God's thoughts and God's ways. It's come down out of heaven into the earth so we can know what God thinks about yes. something. Yeah. So we can know what God's ways are about it. Yeah. And here then we got the word to tell us how he chastens. Yeah. This is God's word through the prophet. And it's a, and he's telling us here in Psalm ninety four twelve, how does God chasten? Yes. <clears throat> Here's what it says: Blessed is the man whom thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law. <laughs> he's blessed. That's that's subtle <laughs> issue right there. Yeah. He uses word. Yes. To prune you. Yeah. To correct you. Chasten you, just like you would your child. You don't set the playpen in the middle of the street, and if they survive after getting run over by a truck, say, now don't play in the street in the future. That's right. That's right. You tell them don't play in the street. Yes. Because it was never your will for them to experience what would happen yes. if they did do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly how he God. It to that's right. Now, yeah. there's a New Testament example of this in John chapter 15. Yeah. John 15, 1. And we can see that he that has seen me, seen the Father, Jesus said. I only say what I hear my Father say. So he said this, I'm the true vine. My Father's the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch in me that bears fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, you are purged, and you are clean through the word which I've spoken to you. Amen. You're not looking to cut you off. Yeah. The word's sharper than a two-edged sword. He's cutting yeah. off of you which is not, that which is non-fruit-bearing. Yes. Yeah. So you can bear more fruit. The idea is you bearing fruit. Yes. Yeah. Glory be to God. And then you see in uh, Matthew, what is it, Matthew 11, where he says, come to me, 28 through 30, come to me. <clears throat> uh -huh. He said, and my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and I am gentle. When you take my yoke, I'm gentle. Right. So we see that his handling of us is by, through this word, is a gentleness and a loving, like a loving father would do, yeah. not a harshness. Not and at all. Then, and through that process, it's not hard. It's I'm, easy. I'm so glad you're, you're saying that because the Holy Spirit's obviously on to something for someone out here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because God is not a hard taskmaster. No. He's no. not an Egyptian. Right. Yes, yeah, sir. He doesn't demand you make straw without, well, you make bricks without straw. So we need yeah. to understand that that's what the parable of the talents is about. Yeah. When that man buried his talent, wouldn't even put it in for interest, and he came and he said, I knew you were a hard man, and you reap where you didn't sow, and you pick up that which you don't lay down, and I was afraid of you, so I buried my talent. He said, out of your own mouth, I'll do That's it. great. Yeah. See, if you see God as a hard taskmaster, your talent can never flourish. You can never become what yeah. he really created you to be. You'll get actually judged by God out of your own mouth because he yes. lied about him. That's right. He said, now, I knew you were a hard man. He obviously didn't know he him. He didn't know him. He that's didn't right. know him. That's right. That's yeah. what, that's what he, he, he got that from outside experiences, from hearsay of others, whatever. Yes. So when he showed up, he expected judgment and not increase and not blessing. Can you see that? That's See what's going on yes, there? Sir. Yep. And so he said, I knew you were a hard man. Well, he lied about him, but he said, I have no choice because out of your own mouth, I'll judge you. He didn't judge him based upon his, based upon this word because he didn't submit himself to this word. Yeah. He yeah. judged him based upon his own words. That's right. And this is what people need to understand. And uh, we're, you know, there's a couple of things talking about gentleness now. This is yeah. huge because I think about why so many sons never walk in the blessing. And it's because the scripture absolutely forbids fathers in the earth to be hard with their children unless they break their spirit. That's right. That's right. We are the earthly representative of our Father God to our earthly children. And if we're so hard on them and drive them that we break their spirit, yeah. then we'll actually stand before God and give an account for that. Yeah, we're not because that's like not him. that's not how God our Father operates. That's right. And and you know when we go back to and that's a New Testament example, but man, this is huge. I have to. <laughs> I have to. Uh, but I want to. <clears throat> I want to see if I can find this while we're talking about this. It's actually in Psalm 18. And it's a long psalm. It's got 50 verses, but he basically talks about. Um, you, uh, I, I run through a troop. I leap over a wall. And you teach my fingers to war yeah. and so forth and so on. 
But in this psalm, David talks about, he delivered me from my enemies that were too strong for me and so forth. And I'm actually looking for the verse now. I usually can pinpoint the exact verses. Here it is. It's in verse 35. But now look at this. He said, verse, uh, let's just oh, back yeah. up verse 32. Oh, it is God that girdeth me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hinds feet. He sets me on high places. He teaches my hands to war. He said, a bow is still, a pop, I break. And this David, he took Goliath's head off. Yes. And here's what he's going to say. I had 120 conflicts with the Philistines in the, in the kingdom grew. I took Goliath's head off. He said, I'm renowned as the war king. Yeah. God's the one that put that anointing on me to break Goliath's back and to kill all of his brothers and to expand his kingdom and to run through a troop and leap over a wall. And my hands <laughs> wore and I broke a bow of steel. But he said, none of that. None of that's what made me great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look now. He said, he said in verse 35, Psalm 1835, you've given me the shield of your salvation, your right hand has held me up, and your gentleness hmm. has made me great. <laughs> what made him great, follow me now with this. Oh, man. Are you getting this? Uh, sure, yes, sir. Now, what made David great was not Goliath and the fact that he was king. It was that because of his heart, he remained king. Yeah. After murder and adultery. Yeah. Yeah. When he judged himself, yeah. God, his father, would not accept. He said, no, you don't have that authority, David. You don't get to judge yourself. He said, I'm not worthy to be king. I'm not worthy to live. I should be stoned for this. And he, he was voluntary. He's going to step down. And God didn't allow him to step down on the throne. Now, I, years ago, I was reading through this, and I said, God, I, talk to me. Just talk to me. And the Lord began to talk to me about the five stones in David's bag and the stone he pulled out that slew Goliath and all of that. And, and, and I just kind of heard him decry my spirit. This is, a, this is bigger than Goliath. Yeah. This, this, this sin you've committed here that's going to cost you the throne, the vision that God gave you about your seed being on the throne, it's going to cost you your ministry, your life, your future. This sin is so great, it can destroy. Because the Bible says that the, the work of one sin can destroy much good. Yeah. You think about how long it takes to build a house, and in one night it can burn down with a match. Yeah, that's right. That's what people do. They don't understand what sin can do. It destroys everything. So, and we know the story about Nathan the prophet and all of that. But I said, Lord, I said, what, what stone is he going to use to kill this giant? The giant of condemnation, the giant of accusation, the giant that says I'm worthy of death. Yeah. I, I, I'm not worthy to sit on the seat. I, I've blown my chance. Yeah. And I, and I realized that God, and that's when God took me through the word four times in the scripture, it says... He keeps mercy. He keeps covenant with mercy. Ooh. And he said, uh, the stone that David had to use to kill this giant was the stone of mercy. Wow. The chesed of God. Now that's what it means when it says in Isaiah 55 that I have covenanted with you. Yeah. 
to give you the sure mercies of David. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of God was about repentance. And, it, and in his mercy, he's, he's gentle with us. You know, I've, we were talking the other day about, you know, this is not coincidence, it's coordination. And one of the <clears throat> coordinated attacks that I've watched and seen recently on the body of Christ without question is where the devil is coming and he keeps, you know, broadcasting with a loudspeaker into people's minds yeah. who they are in the flesh yep. and who they've been in the flesh. And at that moment, this is the this is a statement I've heard time after time after time is I don't even really want to go after God. And they're speaking from the flesh. They're they're and the the environment and the world and their flesh and the devil has taught them so much that they are who their old flesh man was. Right. That they it's hard for them to hear the spirit's voice and the mercy of God saying. That's not who you are. And see, and one of the points that I'll bring up many times about this is if that was really who you are, you would not even be talking to me right now. You would not be asking me for help. Right. You would not be asking, how do I get out of this? You would not, we would not be having the conversation. And what I want, I want everyone Absolutely. that's hearing this to, to catch is that even when David had done these things, God had a mercy to not put those things to his account, but to find a way for him to be. that, Of course, well, you know, God forbid, like Paul said, God forbid that we take advantage of that and we just keep sinning. But I can tell you, you know, and I've shared this story with you and you were actually a part of it indirectly, but several years ago, the Lord had four people in, in different states that had no idea who I was come up to me within a period of time and tell me God was so pleased with you. He said, and they all said the same words. God just told me, he said, he's so pleased with you. They didn't know I was a pastor. They didn't know who I was. They didn't know where I was from. I was at a couple of meetings. Four individual people never seen before. God is so pleased. God wants you to know yeah. he's so pleased with you. And I struggled with that because I thought, God, Lord, I still got problems. I still got stuff I'm working out. You yeah. know, I still have things that I need to work through. And, and, I, said, and I said, Lord, what does that mean? And about a year later was when we were in Africa together yeah. uh, over at Bishop Oyedepo's compound yeah. at his house. We were sitting downstairs having a conversation that night, yeah. and we were sitting in the living room, and it was right in that living room. You were talking about something along these lines, but it, the Lord spoke to me in that living room and said, the reason why I'm so pleased with you is you are quick. To repent. Absolutely. You're quick to repent. And I, I understood his mercy on a totally new level that day. It changed me. Absolutely. See, if we will say, Lord, granted, I have not gotten this right and I have missed some things, but Lord, I trust you. And this is what you were saying earlier. I know you as a gentle and merciful father that supersedes all of my screw-ups. It supersedes it all. And, and although the earth, the earth has no real covenant with God, I do have covenant with God. And maybe the earth has to be melted down, but he's not going to melt me down. No, he'll no, find he a way. Me. He changes us, turns us into a new creation. Legally, from the throne room, but says you're right. we got to be raptured out of here before yeah. the earth melts. 
Yes, yes, just yeah, like yeah. just like the yeah. judgment of the earth with Noah lifted on high. Yes. This incorruption will put on this corruptible will put on incorruption. Yes. So in a moment when the earth melts, I change. Yes. Yeah. See, because yeah. he's coming to get me. It's not about the earth. That's it's not right. about the judgment of the earth. That's right. It's about separating me from an earth that's holding me down from the manifestation yes. of who yeah. I am. Yes. And he's trying. He's going. You, you see, he's taking me out of here. Yeah. And and this and, very. Go ahead. Well. What you just said, and how he's separating us from a corrupted oh, Lord, earth. Yes. He's separating us from a corrupted earth, a corrupted flesh. Yeah. What's this made out of? He's going to separate us, and spiritually, he's already done that if we'll walk it. Well, we're on a track to that right yeah. now. A couple of comments that will take us through the scripture to get to this very point. To to If, if people will keep this point, yeah. if they'll understand, we're, we're, we're running a straight line down yeah. to what the Lord is saying about this. And one of those things is it's the way Abraham got Isaac. Yes. He actually, his faith didn't actually become fully persuaded. I mean, the, the first visit came when he was 75. It yes. took him 25 yeah. years to get Isaac. Yeah. But when he became fully persuaded at 99, within a year he had Isaac. Yeah. And the thing that persuaded him was not just the confession of calling those things to be not as though they were. That came because of a revelation. Yes. The revelation was that God was able to perform what he had promised. Yes. David lied. I mean, Abraham lied about Sarah. He had an Ishmael. <laughs> he had, see, doing that whole process. Yes. Abraham had to get fully persuaded that God was able to bring his word to pass for him, even though Abraham had messed up. Yes. And when he got that revelation that God is a God's going to keep his word yes. and that I, my, my weaknesses cannot keep God's word from coming to pass in my <laughs> life. And, I'm and so now David yeah. had the same thing. Most people don't know this. It, it does people well if they'll study it. This, this book is an eternal book. Yes. So, you know, this natural lifetime is too short to catch it all. But <clears throat> there's so much that's in there that we do not know. And throughout the Psalms, uh, there's the... Um, there's a couple of books. There's, of course, the Talmud. You know, there's Jewish rabbinical writings. Uh, there's Humash and and so forth. And so, in getting those and the Tealim, the Tealim is rabbinical commentary about the Psalms. And so, the background of the historical reference of why those Psalms were written is phenomenal. And there is a song, a Psalm that David wrote. And most people don't know this in history. This is not commonly preached, but the gate the gate the Messiah is going to come through, the eastern gate, according to Jewish historians, got frozen shut supernaturally. Evidently, there was an angel there holding. Yeah. They could not come in or out of that gate for years and years and years. And after the whole deal with Nathan coming in and telling Bathsheba when Adonijah tried to usurp the throne, yeah. and Nathan comes in and said, didn't I say Solomon should sit on the throne? Didn't, didn't you know? yes. And David is, is almost out of it, and so he's not really in the ball of the transition. And so Bathsheba comes in, Nathan comes in, he said, Solomon's the rightful heir. So Solomon gets coronated. Now, this is huge because David wrote the song, and this is so phenomenal. So the gates were shut, frozen shut, and, the, and no king or no entry could come in or out <laughs> until Solomon got coronated. Yeah. When Solomon got coronated at his coronation, they sang that song. And according to Jewish history, the gates went <laughs> and swung open for Solomon to enter the city yeah. without human assistance. Yeah. <laughs> like he opened the Red Sea, whoo, that gate opened. 
for yeah. Solomon as king to enter the city. They say that the purpose behind that miracle was God of heaven was proving forever throughout history that he had totally absolved David yes. for his situation with Bathsheba and yeah. that Solomon was not an illegitimate child. Yeah. In other words, it proves total reinstatement for, yeah. for David's sin because the gates swung open for David's seed through Bathsheba, yes. Solomon. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say is, is that... Wow. You see what's happening here? Yes, sir. Now, the same thing happens here, and it's back to this flesh and spirit. Who are we? Yeah. And the Scripture tells us that I'm, I've chosen David because he's a man after my own heart. Yes. So even though he had a fleshly sin, and this is what people don't get. I mean, the body of Christ is really... I'm not trying to be rude, but they are so pitifully anemic when it comes to revelation about spiritual things. That is true. They really are yeah, weak. that is true. They have no idea that there are fleshly sins and there are spiritual sins, and they don't carry the same weight of judgment. Yeah, yeah. And that sin operates like a seed, like everything in the kingdom. Sin is a seed. When you plant that seed, if you don't uproot it, it ends in death, according to James 1. Yeah. So he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed, and what's conceived brings forth sin, and sin when it's finished brings forth death. So it's the law of sin and death, and sin's a seed. Everything in the kingdom operates like that. Now, you can commit a fleshly sin, which is like what David did. Right. He got right. in a carnal moment with lust, you know, and, the, and, and it drove him, and he yeah. had, he had, a, he had right, yeah. an improper, proper relationship outside of marriage and all that. There's a, that was a carnal sin. But Saul got the whole kingdom stripped from him. Yeah. For a much lesser offense in our mind. Right. Saul didn't commit murder that we know. He didn't commit adultery that we know. He didn't. But yet the whole kingdom got stripped from him. Yeah. Because his was a spiritual sin. His was a sin of the heart. Yeah. And you're talking about being quick to forgive and, or repent, I should say. That's what St. Peter's bacon. Yes. <laughs> Judas' yeah. unwillingness to repent. Yes. First his bowels open, he split hell wide open. Peter, when he got corrected, even called Satan by the head of the ministry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just get real. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right in front of all the staff. Yeah. <laughs> You're the devil. <laughs> yeah. Get thee behind me, Satan. And he's yeah. talking to Peter right in front of everybody. Yeah. And he jerks away from him and turns his back on him. Peter instantly repented. Had he not done that? Yes. Because that's who the one, that's who Satan wanted. He wanted Peter. That's right. Because Jesus said so. He said, Satan's trying to sift you. That's he wants right. all of you, but Peter, he's after you. He got Judas. He wanted Peter. And it was Peter's willingness to repent. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that says, if the spirit of a ruler rises against you, leave not your place. That's the number one thing that I mm -hmm. see in churches that are costing people's lives. Yes. Yeah. When they get corrected by spiritual authority, well, I don't have to take this. That's, That's control. Right. That's And they leave. And they don't realize that they're breaking the covering. They're breaking the very thing that's the pruning that's going to cause them to bear more fruit. That's right. And, and the separation has to come between familiarity in the flesh and the spirit. The greatest scripture I know about identifying yourself by the flesh or by the spirit is found in Romans 1. Yeah. And in Romans 1, <clears throat> now look at this. I'm going to start in verse 1, and you'll, you'll, you'll see a word here that we're talking about. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated. 
You see that? Yeah. Well, the Holy Ghost said in Acts 13, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've called them. So the Holy Ghost is a separator. Yes. Separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now look at this. Which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. You see that phrase? Yeah. Everybody is something according to the flesh. Yes. They're a bank teller, they're a school teacher, they're a something they are according to the flesh. They have a fleshly, natural, carnal identification, a name, a face. Yes. But it says, and declared to be <laughs> the Son of God with power yeah. according to the Spirit. Now, if Jesus was something according to the flesh and something else according to the Spirit, which, of course, manifested on, in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration. Yes. Because when they saw his flesh disappear and they saw who he really was, the lightning came out, they fell to the ground yeah. because they saw who he really was. It was a treasure in an earthen vessel. Yes. But he was that all the time. It's what the healings were and the demons were screaming. Well, they were seeing all that. He was that all the time. It's just that when he was in that body, they couldn't see it. They saw his flesh. You see that? Yes. And it was the ability to separate who he was in the spirit from who he was in the flesh that eventually caused his half-brothers, Jude and James, who thought he was crazy. In his <laughs> earthly ministry, the scripture says his mother and his brothers at points thought he was crazy. Yeah. They grew up with him. This is my <laughs> brother. They get offended at him. Yeah. They didn't like the fact that all this clamor about, you know, our brother. We grew up in him. I mean, he picked on us. We know him, <laughs> right? Yeah. But man, they call him our Lord. Jude, the half-brother, James, the half-brother, became apostles yeah. of our Lord. So they were somehow got to a place where they separated who he was in the flesh. Yeah. Who he was in the spirit. Yes. Until we can do that, we can't bring proper honor to our relationship with him. Yes, yeah. In fact, he said the same thing to Mary. A lot of people, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna really ding a sacred cow here. <laughs> okay, bing, 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 bing. So get ready and then hold yourself, hold you, and chain yourself to the chair. Because I'm about to say something that's gonna rock your world. He said to Mary. Touch me not. I've not yet ascended to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. And boy, it makes for great preaching. He's the high priest, and he's going to go in heaven with the blood. And, and she touches him, she's going to make him unclean. And okay, I don't mean to ruin your world here, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's not exactly how that went down. <laughs> and, and, and the Greek word literally doesn't say, don't touch me. The Greek word, you studied out, I know I'm right about it, so I'm not, you know, I'm not intimidated <laughs> to say it. He literally should be accurately translated, stop hanging on to me or stop clinging to me, Mary. She fell at his feet and yeah. had her, she was already touching him. Yeah. She was she wrapped herself, she fell, put her forehead on his feet. Master, ah, and she fell, she grabbed him. Ah! Yes. But now here's the deal. She didn't recognize him. He was in spirit. Yeah. He was in his resurrected body. Now, this woman 
saw him, visited with him, ate with him for years, followed him, parted, and this woman fell at his feet and grabbed, oh, Rabbi, pastor, and fell at it and grabbed him. But she didn't recognize him as well as she knew him in the natural. When she saw him resurrected, she didn't recognize him because he had a glorified body. He was in, but when he said, Mary, she knew him by his voice. Yeah. And this transition has got to take place in the body of Christ. Yeah. Where they stop clinging to how they know him in the flesh. Yeah. Because the scripture says in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 14, we know no man after the flesh. He said, we know Christ no more after the flesh. You can't know Jesus by the flesh. Yeah. And the way you're going to know him is by his voice. And when his voice spoke, it was that same voice. Yeah. See that? And he's saying, Mary, stop clinging to the way you used to know me. <laughs> my relationship with you has changed now. Yeah. Because I'm going to ascend to my father and your father. Yeah. That, that, that change had already happened. Now yeah. he's her father. Yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. I'm going to ascend to my father and your father, my God and your God, and the way you're going to know me now. Is by my voice, in spirit. Our relationship is going to change from a fleshly <laughs> relationship yes. to a spiritual one. Yes. Now, so I want to read this verse because I think it'll be a blessing to you, but we're, we're talking about his gentleness has made me great, which means he's gentle. Scripture says he's easily entreated. The wisdom of God is easy entreated. And that he gives liberally, and you won't find a reason why he won't give it to you. Which means he's speaking to you all the time. It's just in our pride, we're pushed in the way and distraction and all that, like Martha, that won't sit at his feet. Right. So here he says in Ephesians 4, look at this now, verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness... Let all wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away with you from you with all malice. If you're going to have malice, don't have it against flesh and blood. Have it against all this stuff that's going to destroy your harvest and destroy your life. Yeah. Have malice against your jealousy. I mean, put it away with all malice. I'm talking about do never speak evil. Put away all bitterness with malice. I mean, malice of forethought. In other words, be premeditated that when you recognize this stuff that tries to come and make you feel this way in your emotional right. realm, absolutely with the revenge of punishing it, put it off. I mean, just tell your body, now, if you're going to talk to me like that, I'm not going to feed you for three days. Yeah. Threaten your body. Say, yeah. no, no, you're not going to get to eat for three days if you keep acting this way and pressing on me to be jealous. Yeah. It'll shut up. He'll <laughs> shut up. He wants to eat, so he'll shut up. <laughs> I'm serious about yeah. this. And he says, and here's who we are. There's not one believer with the Holy Ghost in them watching me today that this is your nature. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, now, notice when we're not this way, verse 30 says we're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Yes. So the Holy Spirit of God must be kind. Evidently, the Holy Spirit of God is forgiving. Evidently, the Holy Spirit of God is tenderhearted. Yes. Even as it says here in verse 32, God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Years ago, the Lord told me, he said, you know, this idea, well, uh, if you hadn't forgotten it, you hadn't forgiven it. Well, that's a lie. We were created to remember. 
but he'll heal the pain. Yeah. Now, at some point, you can use your faith to get all that gone. But like so-and-so did something, you won't forget they did it to you. But you don't forgive by forgetting what they did. You forgive by remembering what he did. Yes. That's what he says right there. He says, when you remember what he did for you, it's easy to forgive what they did to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it, there is this gentleness. His gentleness has made me great. I'm so secure that he's got my back. I can forgive you. Yeah. Because you can't do anything to me. Yeah. Amen. You got to cut it loose and let it go. Yes. It's destroying our harvest. There's, there's, you know, the devil constantly brings up to people who they've been. Mm-hmm. We and we have to have a revelation of our righteousness. And I know, I know, I can pull that chain around you, and and we can go for another four hours. But we could. We have to. <laughs> well, you went for six months. I think <laughs> you preached on righteousness for six months. Hey, wow, uh, seven, seven months. <laughs> so, I know. Uh, but we have and I didn't have, run out of material. No, <laughs> we have to have a revelation of righteousness, mm-hmm. and that has helped me. You know, when I found myself being tempted by things, messing up, saying the wrong things, thinking the wrong things, and I repent quickly, it's hard for me to repent if I don't have an answer for where I'm going. Okay, I'm, I'm right here in this place where I know it's not right. But if I don't have a place where I'm going from here, in other words, if I don't have a revelation of righteousness, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to displace myself from where I've been. I've yeah. got to have another location that I'm going to. And by knowing that Jesus has made me righteous and that even though just a few seconds ago I may have been thinking the wrong thoughts, Lord, Lord, I, re- I repent over that, and I am the righteousness of God Absolutely. in Christ. I know, and I be- and that gives me the ability to truly believe and, and take forgiveness mm-hmm. and take uh, the power of his blood and the change of who I am made in the spirit and move from that place into that. His goodness brings me to a Absolutely. true repentance. So when I have a revelation of his righteousness, yeah. that goodness truly takes me to into true repentance. Absolutely. And without a revelation of righteousness and knowing who we are in the spirit, then the issue is we'll just sit there and we'll keep yeah. we'll keep accusing ourselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well accusation is temptation, which we could look at yes. and maybe maybe we will in just a moment, but uh I'm gonna kinda dig back into the archives of Olympic history since we're kind of now going through the Olympics and all. And and younger people know a modern great swimmer named Michael Phelps, and he's set all kind of records and gold medals, but there were many great swimmers before him, you know? Right. I mean, actually, people don't know this, but the old black and white Tarzan movies, the uh, the actor Johnny Weissmuller was an Olympic swimmer, which is right. why they chose him for the role, you know, where he could yeah. dive off the thing and swim and wrestle the alligators and all that. Yeah. So there's there's always been great swimmers, you know, the first lady that swam the English Channel and all that, but, but the, what I'm thinking about is an analogy that applies to what you're talking about. What you're talking about is it goes to our identity. Yeah. And there was a, uh, an Olympic swimmer that at that time was the first man ever to win five gold medals in the Olympics. His name was Mark Spitz. Yep. And Mark Spitz retired after that Olympics. And that's why he retired so young. 
and he became, I went back to school or he had a couple of degrees and he became a dentist or something. And, uh, and when they interviewed him and asked him why he retired, it's, it's because he said, well, that was just one goal I had in life. <laughs> yeah. In other words, his point was he never for a moment was under the delusion that when he, when he had competed in the Olympics and got those gold medals, that I'm going to ride this horse and endorsements and everything. I'm going to go until I'm gray-headed as the five gold medal Olympian. I'm, he never saw it that way. That way it wasn't his ticket to go retire and live That's off the good. endorsements. No. Yeah. He was not confused about his identity. Yeah. That gold medal was not who defined him. Yes. Yeah. He had a purpose in life beyond the Olympics, beyond winning that race and winning that race and winning that race. And yes. That's what you're saying. Yes, sir. I can never truly take the gold medal off the shelf and all the 30-year-old pictures off the wall and put them in a trunk unless I believe that somehow what I'm doing now is greater than what I did back then. That's right. And if that little sin yeah. is looming so great, First thing, I tell you, this is so powerful. I learned this so many years ago. The first thing God told all of Israel to do when they got in the promised land, in Numbers 33, he said, I love King James now, so I'm, a, <laughs> I'm quoting the old school now. Quite plucked down their images. Yeah. Now, what, what he meant was, is, you know, pull down the idols, pull down the images and all that. And, he, and the Lord gave me this analogy of a new inhabitant. When you're a new creature, somebody new moves into the house. Yeah. And he gave me the idea of buying a new house. And let's just say my wife and I bought a new home and we moved in and the previous occupant, they had a teenage son, let's say. Yeah. And they didn't move everything out. And let's say his bedroom is painted gothic black. <laughs> right. With skull and bones posters and studs and put paraphernalia on the wall and ACDC posters and highway to hell. Do you think I'm going to take my child, move <laughs> into that house right. and leave his posters up? No way. I'm going to jerk them down. Yeah. And I'm going to put up new images. Yeah. Now that is the biggest mistake people make. Agreed. When yeah. they got born again, a new inhabitant comes in the house, but they don't pull down those old pictures. Yeah. Yeah. You see, yes, sir. And, and we're driven by that because the scripture says uh, that the Tower of Babel, that they could do, now these are unborn again people that are heathens doing it for the wrong motive. Right. And he said, if they have one speech and one language, there's nothing that will be restrained with them that they imagine to do. Yeah. That's how powerful yes. meditation is. Yes. You can do anything because if that image, if the, for example, healing, if the image of you being well grows to the point to where you can see yourself well more easily than you can see yourself sick, bam, you're ready to harvest your healing. Yeah. The key is seeing yourself that way. And only the Word can bring that image alive in that you revelation. to that degree. And yeah. so it's why he says that you have to be aggressive plucking these images down. And I was meditating uh, once, and you know how Jesus grabbed Peter and said, get thee behind me. Satan. <laughs> Think of that say, behind me. Behind me. So I was meditating one day, and in Luke 4, where Jesus was first tempted, and here he says, if you'll worship me. See, this is what a lot of people don't get. 
when they keep those old images around and they're thinking on them all the time and meditating them all the time, they're actually worshiping it. That's right. It's an idol. That's right. It's blaspheming. In fact, before I read this, let me show you something. I, I know we're, are we good to go for a couple we're, more minutes? Whatever. If people have to go, they have to go. If you have to go, we'll, I, I won't stay. It. No, I'm, yeah. in, in my heart, let's record it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm only talking five more minutes or something, but yeah. let's look at this real yeah. quick. Glory be to God. Um, where was I going? I got concerned about that. Um, oh, I know where I was going. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Let me show you something here. I mean, this, this, I'm telling you, this will take your breath away if you actually believe what the scripture says. Yeah. This is huge. Um, and uh, let me, let me just get, make sure that I find it. <clears throat> Here it is right here, Isaiah 52. Now look at this. It says, Awake, awake, verse 1, put on your strength, O Zion, and put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. For henceforth there shall no more come in to you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake yourself from the dust. See, this is the shaking we need. Yeah. This goes back yeah. to the shaking. Shake yourself. Shake that stuff off of you. Yeah, yeah. And say, no, 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 that, that image is not going to anymore yeah. come into me. That unclean person, he's dead and gone. That, that, that woman is, is no longer alive. Yeah. I'm not, no, 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 no. It's not going to come into my life. And then you drop down, and he says this, verse 5. Well, actually, I love this. It says the last part, this amplified classic of verse 4 says, What can prevent me from delivering you from Babylon? <laughs> don't you love yeah, that yeah and then look at verse five but now what have i here says the lord seeing that my people have been taken away for nothing and those that rule over them howl with joy says the lord and my name continually is blasphemed all the day long when we're not the ones laughing and in joy for deliverance when our enemy is laughing that we're still in this place yes we're blaspheming god yeah Sorrow is an offering to a false god. That's good. And when the greatness of that image is looming so strong, you yeah. see, you see what's happening. Yeah. That we let it just that we let it rule our thinking, and we we're now not even serving God. We're serving yeah. an idol. We're literally serving. It's a it's worship yeah. of a false god. It's worship, and that's what he's saying here in Luke four verse eight verse seven. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. Yeah. And, and so it's the temptation of Satan to say, if you'll fall down and do this, you know, and do your penance, you'll finally come, you'll finally come out of it. You'll never come out of it. Yeah. And verse 8, and Jesus answered and said, get thee behind me, Satan. And I was reading that one day, getting ready to go to a meeting, and I was coming to the meeting and the anointing of ministering to the people. I heard the Lord say, he, he said, tell the people, it's time to put behind you what's behind you. Yeah. I mean, when he said that so strong yeah. to me, yeah. it's today. Yeah. It's time today. Yes. Once yeah. and for all, forever, to put behind you what's behind you. Yeah, that's right. So if it's yeah. behind you, now put it behind you. Yeah. Right now. And don't ever let that come in there anymore. Resist it with, yes. with malice. Yeah. Don't. Don't blaspheme the Lord anymore by continuing to accept it, by rolling over and taking it, 
Don't worship that that emotion of sorrow, that emotion of, God, I wish I would have been better. Don't worship that pity. Do not worship that and blaspheme the Lord. Yeah. 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 Pity, pity is a demon. You know, every every pity part is demonic. Yeah. And so uh, no longer we're going to do this. In fact, Jesus spoke to Satan. So basically he's saying, put Satan's works behind you. Yes. Yeah. Don't give him any more authority to work in your present or your future. Yeah. Put behind you what's behind you. Glory be to God. Look at the um, look at the confidence and the boldness that Jesus, and this oh, is what yeah. you were saying, the confidence and the boldness that Jesus dealt with that demonic attack coming mm-hmm. out of Peter's mouth. Now, Peter is a man that he loves. He loves the man. I, you know, I would say he wasn't speaking necessarily to right. the man Peter. He was speaking to that demonic thing that Peter let speak through him. You oh, know? yeah. He speak. But Jesus didn't play around with it. As much as he loved Peter, he didn't play around with that, and he dealt with it with, yeah. with a boldness and a confidence, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, no, you get behind me. You know, in other words, there was one of the things I think is important. Yes, that thinking was going to affect Peter if he didn't repent for it. But Jesus recognized who he was called to be. Jesus was called to be. And he said, no. You get behind me. What He didn't just say, get off of Peter. He right. said, get behind me, because that pity coming through Peter yeah. was after his purpose. Absolutely. It was after his destiny. Yeah, and, and, and one little point I would add to that, not only the boldness, not only the confidence, yeah. but the immediacy. Yes, yes. This yeah. is really a huge point. Yeah. yeah. Because what people don't get is that when they don't do it, it's like the old Barney Fife reruns from Andy Griffith. Nip it, nip it, nip, nip it. it. You got to nip it. <laughs> if you don't do that, because yeah. it's immediate, yes. you have to respond immediately. Yeah. The scripture, because first of all, you're disobedient if you don't. The scripture says, don't yeah. think on these things. And the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 10 called yes. it revenge. Having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your mm-hmm. obedience is fulfilled. And I think about why. Why is that? Lord, why are you so serious about being quick and sharp and pow, cutting that thing off? I mean, immediate, not giving it a second. Why, Lord, is that so important? And uh, Hebrews 11, 15 will tell you. They came out of Egypt, and Hebrews 11, 15 says, Truly, had they been mindful of the country from which they'd come out, they'd had many opportunities to return. People yeah. do not know yes. that when they when they think on it for any length of time, yeah. it's granting them an opportunity to go back there. It's literally a door opener yeah. spiritually. And that's what they don't get. When you do it quickly and cut it off, you slam the door on it. That's but good. when you yeah. don't, you're actually, me- listen, so you're good. meditating on it. Yeah. This is what people don't get, that that he says, when you when this comes and you don't stop it right then. Yes. It means you kind of like it. That's why the blues is so entertaining. You kind of yeah. like feeling that way because yeah. sorrow can kind of have a false anointing to it. It can. Yes. You can yeah. feel like you're supposed to grieve when Aunt, yes. you know, Billy Bob went to heaven or yeah. whatever. And 
but it's demonic and you don't know it. If yeah. you don't slam the door on it, a demon's going to ride in right on the back of that thing. Yeah. Not only are there going to be opportunities for it to stick around, you can't figure out, why can't I break this? Why am I so depressed? Why am I so crying all the time? I just have dark days. I'll yes. tell you why. Because you didn't stop it right then. If you had slammed the door on it, yes. you wouldn't have had an opportunity to go back there. But if you'll slam the door on it, yes. and, and yes. what's happening is they don't even know what they're doing, but they're meditating on it. Yes, yeah. And well, think about that personal word that he said to me. He was pleased because I repented quickly. That's it. Not just because I repented. I mean, obviously, if I repent at some point, that's better than not repenting. Sure. But he was pleased with the quick repentance, which goes along with that verse right there in Hebrews eleven fifteen. you Absolutely. said. That quick repentance on there. And also, in that quick repentance, it allowed, it empowered me to walk it out and yeah. not go back to it, not go back to my own body. Oh, absolutely. You know, it empowered the grace me was to sufficient. go back. Yes, yeah. And I think as you're saying that, times when I have struggled the most uh, to overcome things are times when I didn't repent quickly. Oh, absolutely. Every time. Every time the there was some, I'm like, Oh, yeah, my flesh like that. I, I, I like that, you know. So I just hang out there a little bit. Kind of like thinking, like, yeah, like yeah. thinking that thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and e- even like being mad at somebody, you know, yeah. just like <clears throat> well, they just shouldn't have treated me that way. You go on with that, and you don't repent on that. You hang it up as an idol to worship. Oh, absolutely. And it'll get you. It'll grab, it'll sink its hooks into you. And then it's a lot harder to deal with. And years ago, I was teaching on healing, and, I said, look, bad, you know, UPS shows up at your door with a box of snakes in a plastic box. You can see their poison snake. Yeah, I ain't signing for it, you know. And, but he also said, he said, it's kind of like mud throwing it up on a wall. If you'll deal with that, the the devil's going to come by and throw mud. Deal with it. Deal with it quickly. But if you don't deal with it, it'll dry there. It becomes a much harder mess, a much bigger problem. And it cakes up in our lives. We have to deal with that quickly. Oh, we do have to deal with it quickly. And I, I would say maybe one final thing before we close the broadcast today, because I really sense some real breakthrough in ministry happening to the people in my inner man. Yeah, amen. And I sense that uh, Jesus told a parable. I mean, there's other things we could talk about. And other th- I mean, really, I've got several things coming up in me, <laughs> but I'm doing my best not to elongate this. So Jesus said there were two sons. Father had two sons. He said, go work in my field. Yeah. And one of them said, I'll go. I'll, I'll work in your field today, Lord, and never went. Yeah. But the other one said, I'm not going. Ain't no way I'm working. I ain't, I, this isn't father and sons. I'm going to do my thing. But afterwards, he repented and went. Yeah. And Jesus asked the Pharisees, which one of them did the will of the father? And they said, the second. Yeah. And you need to know, I, I just know there's more than one someone, but there's someone out there yes. right now. yes. Yeah. It feels like, oh, no wonder I'm struggling so hard. I just got my answer. I didn't repent quickly. And instead of saying, this is my answer, you went into condemnation. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, I it's guess that, I'm going to have to. It's not just been you. That's been happening to a bunch of people. So, yeah. so I'm saying to you by the word of the Lord, yeah. be the second son. Yes. Repent now. Yeah. And go and the will of the father will be done. It'll break off you now. That's how gentle, yeah. how merciful God is. Yes. So that word came from that parable of Jesus to say, maybe you didn't repent immediately or do what you said you would do at first. Yeah. But now 
is your opportunity. Yeah. Now is your moment. Yes. And so one of the things that I really, I, I, I guess, and I do have this stirring in me strongly enough that I know there's some moments where you kind of get up on a step and um, you, you just don't quite get back there. And it's a little simple thought that'll literally take me probably less than uh, 60 seconds to deal with. But I'd like for people to see this in the scripture so they'll have it kind of in their arrow to use against, the, uh, you know, in their quiver to use against the enemy. And it is 1 John chapter 2, and it says this in verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write unto you. Now look now, which thing is true in you and in him. So it's true in him, but it's true in you now. Not going to be true in you. Yeah. It's already true in you. That's good. This is a commandment from him that's already true inside of you. This is already true. Yes. True in you and in him. Because the darkness is past. Yes. And the true light now shines. And why do I bring that verse up? Because anytime you're talking about your past, you're yes. in the dark. Yes. So you need to know no way to see your future if you keep talking about your past. Yeah, yeah. You see that? The yeah. true light now shines. It's true in you and in him that you are what he says you are because what's true in him is already true in you. Yes. So you're just going to quit walking in your past and start walking in yeah. his future. <laughs> and if you'll do that, it'll yeah. break your, it, yeah. it will change your world forever. And to... Uh, to let you kind of wrap the program up, what really came to me, what you were talking the most, is years ago, uh, I, I came upon this many years ago, and people that are watching here know of the ministry of Kenneth Hagin Sr. Yeah. But back in the 1950s, he was in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, preaching in a pastor's parsonage. He disappeared to him, talked to him for over an hour and a half about demons, how they operated demons. And he's got a series called Demons, Oppression, Obsession, and Possession. Yeah. I won't get into that now because it's too long to get into the details. We talked about a woman that committed the unpardonable sin, and Jesus showed him how it happened. Yeah. And he saw a little monkey-like thing sitting on his shoulder whispering in her ear because he said she had it. Yeah. Whatever you call it, she had it. She could sing. She was attractive. Yeah. She liked, you know, she liked the attention. Yeah. And she's a full gospel preacher's wife. She's singing yeah. in conventions and all of that, but the devil kept saying, you missed it. Yep. If you weren't in the ministry, you could have had fame. Yeah. You could have had fortune. You could have been famous. Thing is, she liked yes. hearing that. That's right. Now, that's the point I wanted to make, what Jesus showed him. Yep. And he saw it all yep. played out. And when she decided to listen to it because she liked hearing it, yes. he said a little black dot that went from outside her, which was oppression. Yes. And a black dot moved in her mind. Yep. And Jesus said to him, now she's obsessed. Yes. And there are some people that are obsessed, but it's not too late. You can be delivered. Yes. This is a decade of deliverance. Yeah. Don't let what's obsessing your mind yes. move down into your spirit. Because then we're in a bad situation because yeah. that's what happened to Judas. Yeah. See, Peter was oppressed. Yeah. But Jesus prayed for him. His faith failed not, and he got restored. Yeah. But Judas didn't just get obsessed. He got possessed. Yes. And uh, so anyway, I'm just saying this is not something to play with. No, it's not. It's not. Resist those thoughts. Yeah. Because it is a demon. 
I know you like thinking it, but have revenge against it with all malice. That's right. Put it out today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you pray for the people? I'd be happy to. <laughs> uh, God's working miracles of a sound mind. Yes. He promised me he would. This is a decade of deliverance. So by the yeah. authority of the name of Jesus. Yes. Now, if you yeah. want me to look at that one, I'd be happy to do yeah. so. And I know the shot's on both of us. Um, and so by the authority yeah. of the name that is above every name, yes. God, our Father, has not given you the spirit of fear. He didn't give you a demon. Yeah. The spirit of spirit. Yeah. He didn't give them that demon. That's, That's right. a demon, and he didn't give you that. God doesn't go around giving people demons. But he did give you a spirit, his spirit, a God, the spirit of the divine DNA of his power, ability, anointing, and grace. He gave you the spirit of power to resist this thing that's been stronger than you. Yeah. Power because he loves you and in his gentleness and in his mercy, if God be for you, who could be against you? So now in Jesus' name, be free. Have your sound mind by the power of the name that threw off every demon, even the ones that are assaulting your mind, your flesh, and your spirit. We break its power. We command you to be free. And may you have a miracle of a sound mind, a healthy body, yeah. and a strong, yes. righteous spirit. Rise up and do these things. God's working with you to put off that infirmity. And if God be for you, who could be against you? All things are working together for your good today. Get out of your past and get into his future. In Jesus' name. And glory glory to, God. to God. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? Uh, we just praise God uh, for everything he's doing, and thank you for your awesome. gift. What a joy. Well, Amen. Amen. Thanks for having me today. You know, I, yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, you're welcome, and thank you for being here. There's, you, I don't think you, we've not talked in detail about this, but I did mention, I believe I mentioned to you the other day, that I have never seen an attack against the soul as strong as it has been in the last few years. Yes. Uh, the devil has come against people's minds right. in a level I've never witnessed before in ministry. And uh, it, it's not that it's not easy to deal with. It is easy to deal with, but we have to apply this word. Mm -hmm. We have to apply faith. We have to apply this word. And um, what we dealt with today, I mean, it just went directly at the heart of that darkness. You want to know why there's a battle against the mind? Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. we know it's demonic. We know the yeah. enemy comes to steal. Well, we get all that. But the scripture says uh, in Isaiah 28, 6, he gives strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. And according to Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by yes. the renewing of your mind. The, the soul is the gate. It's the door of transformation. Yes. So right. the enemy wages his most fierce battle at the point of entrance. Yes. Because if you get a beachhead, he's lost. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. And so if, if he can get you thinking wrong thoughts. That's right. He'll get you believing wrong things. 
And if he can get you believing wrong things, he'll get you saying wrong things. Yes. And once he gets you saying wrong things, you set in motion the authority God gave you to defeat the devil to reinforce yes. what he's trying to accomplish. Yes. He'll use your authority against you like leverage. So you need to understand that that's the reason this soulish battle in the last days yeah. is getting so white hot intense. Yes. It's because last night we talked about Cain and Abel and different things. But God told Cain, sin lieth at the door. Yes. And you must master it. Yes. What we're talking about is mastering what's trying to stop you at the effectual door of the fullness of God's plan for your life. Yeah. And you won't go through that door if you don't master at the door. Yeah. Accusation, temptation, all of these things. Yes. If you don't master what we're talking about today, transformation happens on the other side of the door, but you'll never go through the gate to get transformed. Yes. So he knows if I can stop him at the gate. Yes. Yeah. Then I can keep him from becoming. Yeah. And so this is critically important. This really yes. is the answer to so many things of you wondering, why has it taken me so long? Yes. And it's because you're double-minded. Yeah. In Philippians 4, it says that there's a peace that passes understanding. Yeah. A peace that passes comprehension. And it's wrapped around what we think on. You know, in yeah. those verses, it's wrapped right around in what we say right. and what we think. And if... Many times, this is something that I've been watching. And when we first started the church, Nicole and I went into the church really believing that the church as a whole was hungry. Not talking about Boomerang, I'm talking about American church. As the church as a whole yeah. was more mature than what we found. And they were hungry and humble and wanting the word. And we went in and we started preaching at that level and found that people weren't able to receive it at that level. And um, because, and what we needed to do was we needed to change the culture of the people that came right. in, into the doors. We had to get them to start eating the milk again, go back off of the meat, go to the milk of the word, and recognize also that they have an enemy. Yeah. Many of them thought all of, it's exactly, right. when, you, when you start talking about no more curse, and my people are counting, you know, calling it normal, what I call it a curse, that was exactly what we had found. And when I heard you say that, I went, glory to God, because that's what we had been walking through for years. And um, because we were watching, people were saying, no, it's just normal. It's just normal life. No, it's not normal life because it's not an overcoming. It's not a, a conquering. It's not occupying till he comes. We are not walking in victory as he is. So are we in this world. We, if it's not that, if it's not heaven on earth, it's not normal to God. That's right. It is not normal to God. And then God. one of the things that we saw was that that people's thoughts and words, that you, you know that you and I were both raised basically in an atmosphere of, of the word of faith where thoughts and words and and not being led by emotions or the or our will or our thoughts, but being led by the Spirit of God. Children right. of God are led by the Spirit of God. That's that's an absolute to you and I, but it was not an absolute to everybody. No. And and what this is one of the deceptions. And of course, this is so very important is we need to understand and know the schemes of the enemy and. That was I was preaching a great word. People were amen and getting healed, delivered everything on Sunday, and then the devil's like throwing out a, a pencil, and people are like falling all over themselves, tripping on themselves. This little little thing, and they were just tripping, and the life's falling apart. And I'm like, 
jump over the thing, go through the thing, break the thing, you know, but don't trip over it, you know, <laughs> and uh, because they had no idea the devil's schemes, mm -hmm. his devices. They had no idea about them, and they were ignorant on, some of, on a lot of the word. And one of yeah. those major areas was this, was their words and thoughts. And, and they thought, well, I can think on that. I can just dwell in these emotions that are negative and from hell, but they didn't know they were from hell. And they could, I, it doesn't hurt anything for me to think. And here's the thing. The kingdoms are built on thoughts and words. Oh, sure. They're built on thoughts and words. It's no little thing. It is no small thing. We must take those thoughts captive, bring them into the obedience of Christ. We must confess the right things. Kingdoms are built on Absolutely. thoughts and words. They are not small things. And that's been one of the deceptions is the devil's taught. He's taught people that they're just little. Absolutely. Just, but it's the small foxes Absolutely. that ruin the vine. Absolutely. Well, I know folks are at work, and it's yeah. been a longer program, and uh, they're, you know, uh, continuing to watch here. Glory to God. And I'm very excited about it. Huh? <laughs> They've hung on. Oh, well, awesome. they, I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, time goes so quickly. Yeah. But there's there's powerful things that have happened with this broadcast, yes, I believe. Sir. And lives have been touched and changed and helped. Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm so grateful. Yes. Yeah. If you would like to sow today, you're welcome to. Go to giveww.org. Uh, you can give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, cryptocurrency. Give one time or give on a recurring basis. And we just want to bless that. Brother Tracy, just to wrap up, will you just bless anything that they're sowing? Oh, absolutely. Today? Father, we thank you yeah. because everything in the kingdom operates by seed. And when that seed is heartfelt, given in faith, it will not return void. It will accomplish that which you please. And it yes. will come back harvested in a much greater measure. And we thank you that everything they're sowing to get this gospel out will return to them so that they'll have more seed to yes. sow in a hundredfold manifestation where they can fulfill the accomplish and accomplish the purpose in their lives. We thank you for it. And Father, we thank you for what you're doing this week in Kickstart. Yes. What you're doing in the church here at Boomerang and Albemarle, especially all the preachers that have come. Many churches have been affected. Yes. The territory has been affected. The kingdom has been affected. I can sense in my spirit it's just like a, a ripple effect all through the region. And we thank you, Father. For the impact of that great name. Yes, Lord. And you glorifying yourself with all of these miracles that are happening every night. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for being with us. Like, share, subscribe, uh, hit the notification bell. We love you. We will be back tomorrow at 11.30 on Lunch Plus. And here is Buddy to wrap everything up. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wasn't that a powerful word? Make sure you share it. Uh, if you haven't yet, share it with someone, share it on Facebook, do whatever you can to spread that word because it was powerful. But guys, we have another powerful night of kickstarts tonight at 6.30. If you can be here at Boomerang Church, we want to invite you. We have two more nights of kickstart. You can still register. You can still show up um, uh, every bleh, tonight and tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m. We have kickstart. If you're not able to be here in person, you can always uh, join us on YouTube at the Boomerang Church YouTube channel. But guys, hope to see you tonight. Uh, if I don't, we'll see you tomorrow at 10, at 11.30 for Lunch Plus. Love you guys. We'll see you soon. I said 2022 will be a year. Lifelong dreams will come true.
You're the healed of the Lord. You're the prosperous. You're the whole. You're the restored. You're the holy. You're the anointed. Long-standing faith projects are about to get pitted suddenly by an unusual heart. Oh, it's cold. And you're coming up right now. You're coming up right now. You're coming up. 2022. Then your dreams will come true. I'm a stop.